0: to an interview with Brad Cummings and the Ten Plagues, Part 3. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Thursday, March 9th in the year 2023. You can tell my voice is starting to come back a bit, which is good, finally. Tonight, we're going to continue with part three of the four-part series that was recorded back in October, and actually it was recorded when I was down here last time at the Isaiah 61 conference in Yuba City. This is a great series on the meaning of the 10 plagues and a deeper look at what the 10 plagues mean in relationship to the Egyptian gods and to how God, the one God, the God of hosts, handles them. Before we begin, make sure right now you're taking great care of your wealth in this time of great uncertainty. Patriots, despite the US blowing through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's all the more time for you to be proactive. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king. It's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Think about it. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000. And it's only getting worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting BARDS to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text BARDS to 989898 today remember that's bards b a r d s to 989898 today so patriots the thing that we're really in right now is the most massive spiritual war we could have ever imagined and which these pieces that we're doing right now these four part series was done before I spent the week down here in yuba and I will tell you it's more prescient now and all the details that were placed in in these series, which is purely God-led, on how important it is for where we need to go and what we need to be aware of as we armor ourselves up with the spiritual tools to fight this spiritual war. So in that terms, also make sure you've got a good plan for your home in the meantime. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. All right, Patriots, so this is part three, part four. And the final part will play this evening in lieu of Fishers of Men. This has been a week of all Bards FM and Bards FM special shows. But pay attention to these. These create a foundation of really understanding what happens to a nation when they deviate from God and the sort of challenges that will be faced by the people, including those that are trying to be set free. So with that, without further ado, let's move on to the 10 Plagues Part 3 with Pastor Brad Cummings. And you
1: just go like, oh, my gosh. They were impacted by living in slavery for 400 years. They worship the pantheon of everything out there as well. They had not maintained their obedient monotheism to Yahweh. And you're just going like, they don't know who he is yet. And it's like, wow. And what's crazy is... The Egyptians even somehow duplicated this one too. And I'm going like, what what the heck did that look like? Somehow they got the frogs to emerge too. And I'm going like, okay, so they're even so darkened in their thinking that they're doing some kind of incantation to try to preserve and prop up their, their God and their belief. And it's like, okay,
0: just think about this. Now what? Isn't this a parallel to exactly what we're seeing in Ukraine? If we want to look at it like this, we are constantly, we're, we're hearing the lies that they're winning. They continue to produce these CGI versions of war zones. that we're, we're seeing Zelensky act out roles and, and things to show it's almost in tit for tat. I can show you that we are winning. I can show you that we're actually greater. We can match the same strength and force of Russia, whatever else we want to do. We, we're, we're seeing this nonsense evolve. And it's another version of what we today we'd refer to as propaganda, but this is that this is like cosmic level propaganda here.
1: Yeah, and 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 they're 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 trying to do their frog green string stuff, and you're going like, wow, why why are you even doing that? Other than you're trying to persist in what is being
0: exposed, right? And and Pharaoh's trying to remind everybody, I'm still the greatest, and we're still the the gods are still with us.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to keep Pharaoh's job, which I don't think most people realize Pharaoh's actual job as Pharaoh was to keep all of the other gods in order. He was the ultimate in life administrator of all things. It was his job to keep the whole ship running. Right. And he did so by working through all these other gods and inviting worship of all these other gods and then adjusting it as a cor- as, as was needed. And so he's trying to, to you know continue to make america work well it's just well let just print more money you know we'll, we'll make more frogs and you're just going like wow we're we're really doing the same stuff yep. what's interesting is this next one is where they turn to the land it's like you've judged the all the belief system that relates to water and and, and the rivers now we're going to judge the land and we're going to take out of the dust of the earth it's all of a sudden made into lice. And what's so amazing about this one is there's a God that they worshiped. His name Geb is God of the earth. And the Egyptians gave offerings to him so as to bring forth the bounty out of the earth. It's like, again, appeasement. And so if we'll if we'll do this and and what what these as opposed to bringing forth crops, fruit and vegetables, we now got lice. It's itching and they're biting lice this is like blood sucking little insect things not just gee you got some stuff in your hair the 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 egyptians so hated lice stuff they'd oftentimes just shave their entire head so as to not allow anything like that they had such cleanliness rituals all this other stuff that they they utterly believed in it's like we'll just only wear linen And we'll shave our heads and we'll just have nothing that anything unclean can touch us. And now the entire land is made unclean. Everything's unclean. God is showing it's like, okay, you have this whole ritualistic approach to cleanliness and your understanding of things clean and you appease and you worship all these gods to keep all this thing in order and and let the show go on. And I'm just going to show you everything's unclean everything's unclean and you're going like wow they 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 would have invoked a a whole bunch of different deities in this moment that you know to ward off dangerous creatures they had a god they had another god who was the god of medicinal healing and even pharaoh was considered to be a god and he's infected with lice (laughs) So, I mean, this is like, he God, once again, is shredding everything.
0: So, so look at this real quickly in comparison. You have the CDC director that's taken her supposedly her fifth shot, and she now has COVID, right? We, we see this happening with all of these people that keep supposedly getting the shot to be protected. We know it's, a, we know it's part of their scam, but then they end up being contracting COVID. Your leadership is unclean. And it's being shown to those because there's still a lot of people that worship the Fochi, worship, worship CDC in their in their ways because they that's they tell us to do something. We must be obedient. That's a power of a God over you. Yes, that's a power. Right. And that's what people are missing in all of this is when you're obedient to rules and you're not obedient first to father, you're being obedient to an idolatry of a God in some form or another because you're allowing a human to take power over your body, direct you to do something, and simply by giving you an order. That makes them a deity in your life. You're willing to worship that and obey that rather than go to Father God first, find out where he wants you to be and what you want to do. And in that sense, our compliance to them is defiance to God. Yeah, wear a mask,
1: socially distant, take your boosters, do all this stuff. What's what's so amazing is first God dethrones what they worship. Then in the next one, God shows them the emptiness of the laws and things that they attach and tie to the worship. And in this one, he now makes you unsuitable
0: as a worshiper. Because you're unclean with the lice.
1: Yeah. You can't go into your temple
0: because you're unclean. Your temple's unclean. You're unclean. Everything's unclean. You can't do your worship. So look how God did it in this way. I mean, in the parallels, He we had the churches shut down to tell you you can't come in to worship because you're unclean. Yes. And even if and then if you don't get vaccinated, you're still unclean. So what does God end up doing? Many of these churches have been shuttered and closed, and hopefully they'll never open again. That's appropriate punishment, by the way.
1: If it was false worship and it wasn't the genuine Jesus and it was just the convenience and the comfort and the appeasement of your conscience, if the doors don't reopen, it won't, I won't be sad. <laughs>
0: None of us will.
1: Okay. The, the next judgment. So the first three, I mean, that's pretty all inclusive. Just right there. Mm-hmm. What you worship isn't, isn't a God. The, the, how you worship is stupid and you're now unclean and everything around mm-hmm. you is unclean. I mean, you could have stopped there and say three rounds, total knockout, TKO, you're done. And and what's interesting is it, it then shifts because that's for everybody to recognize. Right now, God says, I'm about to do something that is gonna change this, and I am now gonna separate the herd of humanity. Into to those that follow me and those that don't. And so the next judgment is only going to happen on those that worship the false system. It will not happen on the people that worship me and where they dwell. Something else to add about the whole lice thing mm-hmm. is Egypt had an absolute terrifying phobia of lice. Wow. And, 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 and what, what what's crazy is so much so, and it was specifically the religious leaders, they would bathe twice a day in cold water, they would shave their head, I mean, and, and they would wear only linen, and then they also had um, shoes that were made from the papyrus plant. And it's like they had such absolutely stringent, stringent rituals and ceremonial cleansing. That this particular plague would have been an utter nightmare. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's like, and it's not just it's not just lice. It is insects that are biting under the skin and trying to burrow in and causing bloodletting.
0: Wow. And you're just going like, oh my gosh, uh, a virus. <laughs> this is more like a sand sugar um, leishmaniasis.
1: It it, it it would it would be sand fleas, gnats, ticks, mosquitoes. I mean, there there would be a whole bunch of stuff that you're just going like, what the heck? Probably all the things that frogs would regularly eat, that the frogs are all now <laughs> croaked and dead. You have this massive release of this insect population, and I'll be honest, I kind of end up likening this to the 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 virus stuff. This plague. The Egyptians, the, the, the magicians, could not duplicate. They were so dethroned by this, they went to Pharaoh and they said, this is the finger of God. Now, just th- think that through. They believe everything's a God. And they worship Pharaoh. And now they're going to Pharaoh going like, we can't, we can't keep doing our little propaganda piece here. We can't duplicate this. We can't do this. We're powerless in every way, shape, or form. We can't duplicate this. We can't stop it. We're now recognizing this is the finger of God.
0: Wow, that is—I I just think—is extraordinary. So, so when, when all of a sudden—and but- well, so just just to give a give a little bit of foreshadowing, obviously, and let me guess, as we know the we know the story, <laughs> Pharaoh says. Let, let's double down again.
1: <laughs> he, it, it's interesting because the first six plagues, you have the direct commentary. It's like at after every plague, there's commentary on the condition of Pharaoh's heart, and so of of you know it's like wh- whoever's writing this down for us, upon whom the ends of the age have come, the one thing he's trying to point out at each and every juncture is the state of Pharaoh's heart. And so the first six, arguably, Pharaoh is responsible for all six. But it talks about him actively hardening his heart and then his heart being hardened. Actively hardening his heart and his heart being hardened. And his heart being hardened does not have, in essence, a noun that's defining who did it. But it's kind of like, in my mind, you know... A buddy a while back said, you know, the same sun that melts the snow in the mountains bakes the clay in the desert. And it really is a statement that says, you know, God is the reality. The question is, is your heart response to that reality? Depending on the condition of your heart, it will either melt or it will get hardened. That's your choice. Yes. Yes. And so when we come to the, the to the next judgment which is like um it's unleashing swarms that's what the original Hebrew talks about our English bible say swarms of flies and i don't i don't think it really matters so much but the truth is is in the actual um Hebrew it doesn't say flies and so it's like i think there's a case for why they did that but um, there's also another interesting thing is I think it also involved, um, beetles. And because the scarab beetle was something that they absolutely worshiped. And they had a god that was his name, Kafer. And, 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 and what's interesting about this is the picture of a beetle and this god. And it's like he's pushing the sun across the sky. And it's actually a picture of a dung beetle that pushes a piece of poo across the horizon. And I, so I just ended up like, that's what a dung beetle does. He, he kind of gathers up all this poo and He pushes it along. They have this nice romanticized view of Kafer as though he's this beetle that's pushing time and, and the day across. And it's like God's even making, you know, kind of like, I'm going to let you see this one in all of its glory. the What you worship and how you think things happen. I'm going to expose this too. But here's the deal. All of the the infestation of flies and dung beetles and all that other stuff, it was meant to be a sign. And it was going to happen on all of the Egyptian stuff. But it would not happen in Goshen. And the sign was very much to say, so that you will know
0: I, the Lord, am in your midst. This is a really important point here because this is something you and I talk a lot about, I talk about on the show that as we put our eyes on Christ, Christ to the Father, we hold that connection, we dig in intimately with him, as this storm rages, he will take care of us. Provisions will be provided. We're right there again because this is we're in this this moment of watching everything fall apart, but we've passed, we've all gone through the broad Elements of the plague, if you will. We've all gone through the, the masking, the vax, the, the, uh, the loss of the elections. All of these things. The whole country's gone through that. Now, as we start to move forward, my, my sense is that a lot of where, that we're going to be right at this juncture, and it's just my gut saying this. But what happens now is those things will affect all of you if you don't have your eyes on me, Goshen, again, right? Yeah.
1: And and I think what's what's so important is guess what God has always been in their midst they just never acknowledged him nor worshiped him now now he's making this let me make a sign for you let me cause you to see it it's been true the entire time but let me let you see it and what what I don't think people realize um and you only get this out of the book of Jasher. You, you know the whole story of Hagar, Abraham and Sarah? And then there's slave maiden Hagar. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't take the time to tell the whole story, but Hagar is actually Pharaoh's daughter. Wow. Okay. I I, I, I don't know why that that got edited out and why we don't know that. Because to me, that's profound. Yes. Because the history of the people of God is not disconnected from egypt right there god has a love for egypt just as he has a love for israel and god preserved hagar when sarah was ready to just throw them out and 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 destroy her and ishmael god preserved god visited hagar god's not been absent from egypt god's not uncaring about them as people And and when he brought Joseph, he saved Egypt through Joseph. Kind of amazing. And when he brought the family down, their cultures were merged together. What I think is amazing to me is I sat there going like, okay, the family came down because of famine, but they knew that their purpose and their inheritance was in the land that God had given them. Why did they never go back? See, if you if you persist in your comfort and place that you love, ultimately it will become your enslavement. Mm-hmm. If you're not where you're supposed to be, God wasn't forcing them. But how many of them felt the nudge and the knock like, hey, maybe we should go back to the promised land. Maybe, maybe we should return to our post. No, but I kind of like it here. We got the best of the land. We're living in Goshen. We're chilling on the beach, buddy. I die, sure up. You know, and 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 after four hundred years of staying in a place that was not their assignment, they find themselves enslaved, and at the bottom of the totem pole. And we we won't get into this now, but we should at some point. Joseph did the original Klaus Schwab Great Reset takedown of Egypt. I mean, he he, he made sure in the midst of their difficulty they would own nothing and they would be glad for it. <laughs> I just go like,
0: yeah, we definitely, we need to do that in a follow up show because that is a big piece of this.
1: And, and I think it holds an awful lot of revelation for us. Joseph is not an evil, rotten, bad guy, but nowhere does God say that was a great job, Joseph, because this is, this is the commentary of Brad. I, no one's ever agreed with me or read this or wrote
0: this, but, I've got a few of those by the way.
1: Yeah. And, and so, you know, take it for the heretics thought of the day. <laughs> I, I end up going like, why Why were they enslaved? Because I think the Egyptians kind of like weren't really pleased at how Joseph did the ultimate, you know, Klaus Schwab on them and, and divested them of everything and then gave it back to them sort of now they're enslaved to Pharaoh. Yeah. Because they weren't before then. Interesting. They were part of this society, but they weren't in such a way that they were enslaved they lost everything and i think enslaving israel was payback i i think you're probably right and so we're undoing a fair amount of this so you know, it's like nobody stops to sort of think that through but i'm just going like wait a minute they didn't just go from living in the best of the land to being enslaved because everything was fine right and 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 you know so it's like wow so this moment is a sign that God is there in their midst. And I think that's like super important. I'll, I'll segue into a little dentistry story. I was having to get a root canal done one time. And so I'm sitting in the dentist chair and they've shot me full of Novocaine, but it's not working. And, you know, they did it two or three times and it's still not working. I'm pretty sure the dentist is looking at me as like, man, you're such a little sissy woman here. You, you, you're you, is good and numb. And I'm going like, I'm not numb at all. I can feel everything. He ended up giving me six different shots of Novocaine. It numbed nothing. I'm getting a root canal. That's like super painful. And as I'm getting the root canal, the presence of God settles on me. I have a high tolerance of pain, not a small tolerance of pain. I have a high tolerance of pain, but I have tears streaming down my face during the entire procedure. I'm not pissed at the dentist, but I'm feeling everything. And I have the conundrum of the spirit of God resting on me. And as I'm done and I'm walking back to my car, I kind of went, I had one of my conversations like, what the heck was that? (laughs) (laughs) He's just going like, what did I do that you needed to do this to me? And and the Lord very clearly spoke. He said, Brad, you do the math wrong. I went, What do you what do you mean? He said, You've always equated the presence of pain as the absence of me. And I wanted to show you that wasn't true. Wow, that's awesome. And I'm going like, whoa, I'm still not thankful for it. <laughs> Because it really hurt. (laughs) But it's been profound. And I I kind of, you know, I'm going to import my little thought in this swarms. And I think the reason they use swarms and they don't define it is because it's kind of like wave upon wave. I think we're going to come into a season of of life that just about everything is going to overwhelm us in a way we don't know what to do. And I think God allows that by design because he's wanting to say, hey, you don't control the storms, but you can dwell with me. And I want you to dwell with me. And if you will dwell with me, I want you to know I am here in your midst. You are not alone. You know, one of the things that, you know, one of the things that we profoundly tried to display out of the whole shack, the book and the movie is you're never as alone as you think. Mm-hmm. And this was meant to be a sign that God saying, guess what? The one thing I want you to understand, I will make a difference between me, my people and everything else. And I want you to know, I am the Lord who is in your midst. And I think if we lived our life that way, we would be a whole lot more like kind of built on the rock. As opposed to the sinking sand. And I think that's really important. And I don't think a lot of people give enough focus to it. You know, another interesting thing about the dung beetle is he became associated with rebirth and resurrection. You know, they didn't really know that it's kind of like, yeah, they plant their eggs in the crap and then they just sort of sprung out. But they made it an association with you know rebirth and resurrection and God is basically saying guess what that's my department and Goshen um you know their god was incapable of controlling the insects and now they're chewing through the Egyptians houses and buildings everything that they have is being kind of devoured by these swarms and God's kind of saying hey my kids you know, even their god of the wind that could have just blown all these swarms away was powerless. And I, I think we're gonna head towards a season of time where it's like, hey, God is that royal mountain mounty police going like, I will I will bring you to myself the easiest way you'll come. And the sad thing is, here you have out of this moment, Pharaoh hardens his heart. As opposed to recognizing, wait a minute. God said, "I'm going to show you a sign, and I will show you those that are dwelling with me; those who are drawing near to me. They won't experience the same thing." Pharaoh is still like, "So, I'm not. I'm not. I'm still not going to do it." And I just go like, "Wow! I don't want to. I don't want to be one of those people." You know. And it's like from here on out, the rest of the plagues that happen, they only happen on the Egyptians. Goshen, from here on out, experiences none of the rest of this and i kind of I, I you know i think I, I think we have permission to look at this and go like okay guess what as soon as we get centered on who and and, and whom we're supposed to trust and where we're supposed to dwell i don't get shaken like everything else
0: i don't think that's even a, an issue of having permission i think when we're really paying attention to the world around us right now, Brad. We've been through this very difficult storm, and everybody has felt it. But now as we are walking, it becomes increasingly evident that if you are keeping that focus through Father God in everything you're doing, it's pretty much like the winds of the storm are, are blowing around you. And even though we may not be in the depths of the of the greatest, and yet we might be, I think that there was a quote that came up the other day on an account, a pretty good account, I think it goes by Vincent Kennedy that i followed for a long time. And the statement was, for those that know, this is going to be very boring going ahead. And and I I love the way this is framed because you said it earlier. In fact, I even said it the other night on the show, which is, in theory, we could prep endlessly matter of fact, i was speaking to our mutual friend delilah about this just the other day okay um we can prep endlessly but in theory we don't need to prep at all because if our true trust is in him we're doing a diligence that he's putting on our heart to do but the prep is not just for us it's for us to have portions to share with others because i truly believe we have to learn this step to learn the greater understanding that we could literally take a few pieces of bread and a few pieces of fish and have an unlimited supply. But we haven't got there yet. So this is our stepping to get there, is what I believe. Yeah. But we are nonetheless, in theory, if we were walking as Christ, truly in in that sense of Christ, we wouldn't need anything. All we would need to do would be to stand in this time and keep our faith as pure as possible and know that God has taken care of every provision we have and that we need. But we're, we're not there yet. Nonetheless, that's the true sense of the power of our faith. And it all it is so centered on these critical issues that when you have that connection, there isn't a single idolatry in your path of connection and there's no burdensome guilt from your past It is purely a clean line to God and it is as clean and as pure as it gets. And it's like, what do you need? Simply ask and it shall be provided. And and, I mean, it's, it's, it's rather bizarre because think of this. If you're trusting in your preps,
1: do you really have wanted to make them an idolatry out of fear?
0: And do you think that that then they're safe? Right. I mean, I've said this many times over the years and, I think there's an awakening coming to this as well. This is the same, one of the greatest traps in our own constitution, and it's in the Bill of Rights, is the Second Amendment. It's not that the Second Amendment isn't necessary, it's that very strategically over the last hundred years, the principle of the right to bear arms has become an idolatry of worship, which is that I need to have thousands and thousands of rounds and hundreds of weapons to some real, to some that's a bit of an exaggeration. But my point is I need to accumulate, be obsessed with it. I need to get more. They, they become a worship of this. And the worship becomes greater than our, our focus on God. That tells me that what's coming is going to be shredding that as well. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I guarantee you it's going to make a whole bunch of people feel really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah and and I, that's that's where I just kind of like hey if you want to find security you know it's like we we talk about why well, you know they built their house upon the rock please go well past the christianism of saying that and get into god's face with a way that says what does that mean right how how is my life built on you yes and 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 what is what is false in the way i have thought it was built on you because I'll guarantee you, if everything that can be shaken will be shaken, at some point that means your entire foundation gets examined by the building inspector, and whatever is not to his code goes, and it, it will, it, it, it will, it will fall. And I'm going like, so if I know what judgment's about, I regularly want the building inspector to be assessing how I'm building. And I don't want to be building on some sort of false promise, false foundation. I don't want to be trusting in something that isn't him or isn't how he directed me to build. And so if we knew what judgment was, we'd be regularly inviting it, not afraid of it, not feeling discouraged by it, but going like, this is how to be a wise master builder.
0: Let me let me give you an inter- a tangible on this. I think is important right there, and it actually deals with building. I was up at uh, FOB Cobra, which is a was a special forces base, way up in the northern part of Aruzagon Province, very remote, uh, little t- village next door, and they were building on an addition for the Afghan Army and having building on their barracks, and they they had a supervisor. Uh, uh, he was one of the army. He was a he was just an army guy. He was an an engineer guy, but he was overseeing the project. And as I was walking over to look at the construction, they were digging the the trenches to pour the footing. And as I watched them, look, I I pointed out. I said, "You realize this is all not square." And he goes, "Yeah, that's that's just kind of their construction methods." But I said, y- "It's going to cost you a whole bunch more money." <laughs> because and time and headache because the foundation isn't being set right and he didn't realize that I had an extensive background in construction i said do you mind if i step in and just show them something and he said yeah please do so i literally took out i made a plumb bob and i just showed them string line plumb bobbing and string lining and how to create a square with lines and doing your diagonals and i don't we didn't get into like water levels but all old techniques And they picked it up instantly. Right. And in the process, they created a building that when it was raised, it was actually pretty doggone good. It was relatively square by standards of where they were. It was very square, right? And what a better improvement it was. Right. So I'm kind of relating that back to what you're saying. I mean, when we're we're kind of wandering out here and we don't have that intimacy with Father, and we're wandering in the thing and we're going to do our, our touch base on Sundays. Like I, you know, the dominus ominous, I'm good for a week and then I'll be back and I'll get, you know, regurgitated and, and and cleaned up. We're not having that constant process. We're not opening the door to have the corrections, to have the foundations of him saying, look, do this, do the corrections, listen to me and then follow as I'm guiding you. And sometimes just like we spoke about earlier, sometimes you're gonna walk up that field of ice and snow, and it's gonna feel like, man, this sucks, my boots aren't right, they're leaking, I've gotta have them dry out overnight, but let me show you what's on the other side. There's a reason I'm having you go this way, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I, can, I can say this, my one non-negotiable, the, 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 the absolute essential of what it means to have your, your life built on the rock Jesus said, and he was talking to Peter when Peter said, You know, who do men say that I am? And he answers, and he says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Upon this rock, I will build my church. Well, what is that? It's not Peter, it's not a person, it's upon the simple bit of hearing. And responding, it is our dialogue with the living God, my receiving revelation and building my life on it. That is what Christianity is. That's not for just a few. That's not for a, a gifted. It's it's essential.
0: It is. Absolutely.
1: And so you can't, I mean, the Lord said to me, he said, Brad, you cannot live the life I'm calling to you based upon principles. You could only live the life I'm calling you to out of intimacy. And I'm sitting here going like, wow, so much of the religious order of what I still argues about whether that happens. And I'm sitting here going like, there's no way to have faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And that word is rhema, the present tense spoken voice of the Holy Spirit. That's not the written word. I'm a Bible publisher. Do I care about the Bible? Absolutely. I'm a total fan. But it's not enough to read it. If I don't use it as a means of having a relationship with God, I'm not building on the rock. The storm is not—the storm will come, and all the great principles that I think are immutable and and, and valuable— they're not the That they're not an effective replacement of actually hearing his voice and
0: responding. As we are w- walking here now, and we, I think a lot of what you have you well laid out is that there's a relearning to recognize who God is to start hearing his voice. Egypt is then going through the same thing, and the parallels there. You said that they were enslaved for four hundred years, and this is a really important parallel. I want to emphasize they had accepted the normalcy of slavery as the way of living free. Oh, good point, good point. So we are at a point now where we are having, we are still struggling with the normalcy of an invisible shackle as a way of living free. As a matter of fact, it. I don't know that one's more sophisticated than the other because slaves, over 400 years of slavery, and this is something that's missed in every slavery discussion, is that slaves at a certain point over a sp- period of time will find the opportunity to overthrow their masters. That is not even an equation of if, it's always an equation of when. But what it takes is the resolve in the heart to realize that you're no longer a slave.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So where we are in Egypt, as we are today, is that there is this God is stepping in in my opinion as he did in Egypt and saying okay um <laughs> uh been waiting you haven't figured it out i'm going to give you a little boost here and i know you're you're praying to a god you don't even know me every time you get in trouble every time something doesn't go right you turn and say fix it and it's like Kids, I need to I need to reintroduce you to who I am. Yeah. I'm going to walk you through a series of things and it's going to suck. But at the end of the day, and by the way, there's going to be some people that die. And that's going to hurt. But this is a bigger picture than that. You need to understand what your purpose is and who you are, and to do that, I need you to to realize it, use your free will to choose between me or the darkness which you're currently walking in.
1: Yeah, and and think about this. In COVID, several things have happened on a global scale where the entire world has been brought into something yes. all at the same time. That's never
0: happened before in all of human history. Never have all the hearts on the globe been shaken at the same moment. This is where we are. Yeah.
1: And and, and 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 we'll see this as, as, as we come towards the close of this. We began COVID at the time of Passover, and the entire world was locked down. Wow. For the first time, the entire world was locked down while we thought the death angel was roaming around. And that did not escape me in the first days where I'm sitting there going like, oh, my gosh, Lord. This is a moment for us to understand. You know, we, we still don't have all the details. There's still a lot of deception, a lot of untruth that is is all over this. But for the first time in the whole universe of this planet, all at once, together, we're experiencing that Passover moment, that 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 time of being shut in. And you're just going like, Did you did you put the blood of the lamb above your door? I did on my heart, yes. Not on my door, okay. but on my heart, and and that's the same application.
0: What's I understand, but I was just wondering if your name. Yeah, was no, on no, no, no. <laughs>
1: you, you, I, when I was outside uh, without my mask, uh, 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 mowing my lawn, as all this was happening, I did hear the Lord say, "Brad, welcome to the chrysalis," and I knew that this season of being shut in. Was gonna feel like that caterpillar's, you know, death tomb of the chrysalis, mm-hmm. and that I started to go like, "Oh wow, you you mean you have a purpose and a plan in this that is extraordinary? Your if if I'll if if I'll partner with you in what's going on, this might be the greatest season of transformation in my life, maybe." That's what I thought was the invitation. And I can testify this whole last couple of years in my life and in the life of my family, as unfun as some of these seasons have been, this has been the greatest season of transformation for us and drawing us all closer to God in a way that we're all on the same page with each other. And I'm seeing something glorious emerge out of it. And I think that's, that's a way to handle as God judges the realities around us, as we really allow him to do the work of change in us, this could be the most glorious thing as opposed to this, oh, devastating ruin. Oh, I fully agree. And so th- this next plague is, is is fascinating because all of a sudden it's like, okay, we've seen all this, we've experienced all this, and it's been irritating, it's been challenging. But now it actually goes towards, um, it kind of ramps up a little bit. There's a disease that is released on all the livestock. And it is because if you refuse to let my people go, the hand of the Lord will come against you. And then it will be on your cattle, your horses, your donkeys, your camels, your oxen, your sheep. And if you think about that, that affects That's a huge economic disaster of everything. It affects their food production. It affects transportation. It affects their military capacity, their farming capacity, the economic goods, everything that those livestock would be producing. There's not a single area of industry that this judgment doesn't touch. And it destroys all of it. And you're going like, oh, my lands. This is a direct affront to uh, all, all their, in essence, cow gods, which they had a whole bunch of those. And, and then all the sky gods who are supposed to be sort of watching over this. And it's the whole bit of the, the giving of birth and, and the production of the fields. And it's like God is taking all the very practical things of life and the very, you know, what they eat what they're what they have what they what they they transact with their whole economy is being turned upside down and it's all being judged and it's being shown to be utterly powerless and so it's like okay you resist me now we're now ramping up to another level that it's like now you don't get to ignore this you don't get to explain this away and they worshipped all of these animals and I think what's so crazy to me is here you see a specific judgment against some of their more important gods. And in the middle of the the Exodus, like, you know, fast forward past the plagues and we're in the wilderness wandering. When all of a sudden the Israelites saw this, they experienced this. Their livestock wasn't impacted. In Goshen, everything was fine. But they saw the Egyptians' reliance, dependence, and worship of all these things getting utterly shred. When Moses goes up on a mountain and he doesn't come back in the time frame they expected, what do they turn to?
0: The old ways.
1: This stuff. And I'm going like, what?
0: But you said it earlier, which is so important. It was one thing to get them out of Egypt. But getting Egypt out of them was an entirely different task. That to me, and I, I, I want to segue here a little bit, Brad, because this is something I've been talking about a great deal, but this gives it some meat in the context. And this really goes back to this conversation I had with Jesus just you know a few weeks ago, which was understanding the importance of how God has pushed his remnant into the world. Because I hear a lot of people saying, like, I'm alone. You're not alone. You're there for a very important reason. And I think this is at the core of it. Because in order to get the slavery out of the people, it's easy to set them free. But there has to be a transformation in the heart to get the slavery out of the people. Totally, totally. And and, and until God squeezes, you
1: know, you and I have talked about this in a different context. I kind of see right now um, a stark reality between you can you, you can't serve both God and mammon. you're going to choose. And I think right now, mammon, you know, that, that sort of our, our worship of money and resources, riches, it's being squeezed. And it's, 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 it was very deflating to me to recognize that people won't really do anything until you squeeze them at their mammon. Mm -hmm. And then when you get their checkbook and you, you start messing with that, then oh they'll stand up and they'll resist then. And I'm going like, and I felt like the Lord just said, that's still worshiping mammon. You should have been upset a long time ago. You should have been moved to action a long time ago when you started to become aware of what was going on. It's not, oh, now that it affects your checkbook or it's landed at your doorstep. Now you do something. That's that kind of repentance.
0: That kind of action is still serving self. No, oh, very much so. And this is still a big struggle because we have developed such an intimate and profound worship and religion of me, which is really centering on a false science anyway. But it's so much of this comes as you and I've talked, it comes from the age of reason when God is taken out of us and it's God is outside of us that we have to seek him instead of realizing he lives within us in our heart. But we're trying to seek him. And then unless we see it with our five senses, he does not exist. That's a profound shift that happens in the quote age of reason, which really should be called the age of darkness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the denial of the
0: supernatural. Thank you. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. So,
1: so everything gets devastated with this in terms of their life's blood economy. Mm-hmm. And you think of everything that they've already gone through. It's like you've shred everything of their worship You've you've hit them in their fish and their food and all this other stuff. Now you've, you've you've taken away their meat and their milk. I mean that's a big deal. Oh yeah. And 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 now this one gets a little more personal because this one there's no warning. The sixth one with boils. God, Pharaoh has already hardened his heart a bunch. Now, as opposed to first showing up to Pharaoh and doing something, it's like, no, 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 I'm gonna bypass that. I already know where he's at. I'd like you to go and set yourself in front of Pharaoh so he can see you, and then gather handfuls of ashes from the furnace and scatter them to the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh.
0: And this is Moses, of course.
1: Yeah. What what I don't think people realize is what these ashes are and what they had done and why God is going like, this one is personal. The Egyptians used to worship a bunch of healing deities and they would sacrifice human beings to them and they would burn them to ashes. And then the victims ashes were then cast into the air And the gods of the wind would blow them And that was considered to be a blessing I think Moses is going to this exact furnace And he's taking the ashes And he's doing something that the Egyptian priests would have done And he's throwing them up in the air in front of Pharaoh And he's revealing just how heinous this thing really is, and that which you think is a blessing, let me, let me reveal it for what it really is. And then what they're afflicted with is boils on their skin that are just so painful they can't even move. The Egyptian um, magicians couldn't even stand in the front of this and this is god being very personal going like you think i didn't see what you've done you didn't see what you've worshiped i see i know and let me let me let me give you a taste of your own medicine they worshiped the gods of healing this way imhotep thoth Nefertum, isis all of these were gods of healing gods of intelligence and medical learning you know um the wife of Osiris, she would add um, sex magic to this stuff. And and without getting too crass, you're just going like, wait a minute. The way in which they would sort of bring life to death is that they would do all this kind of, you know, just awful, goofy sex stuff. And it's sex magic in, in terms of their rights. And God's just giving a total con- affront to the ancient gods of healing throughout it, it, Egyptian and uh, the, the Egyptian beliefs and this God um, Sekhmet, it's another God of uh, goddess of healing and the priests in their powers. It's like they were considered the doctors of the day. They were revered. They were, they were using the magicians and sorceries, which is like, you know, um, in revelations, it talks about by their sorceries, the word pharmakia, hmm I think this is a direct parallel to the medical industry of today that is totally built on the sorceries and magic of pharmacia, and how they build everything off of the ashes and aborted fetal baby parts. This is This is an absolute direct parallel to the world today, and God is going to greatly judge this whole space, and I think he is. And I don't think we recognize just how much of the medical advancement is built on the abortion industry and fetal sacrifice.
0: Oh, it's it's devastating, but yes, you're absolutely right.
1: And that's the same thing here. I mean, it's it's, it's like we don't read it that way, but that is the exact same thing here. And then remember how we started with the whole one snake versus the two snakes? The original international symbol of medicine was one snake around a pole. And that was what Moses had lifted up in the wilderness. The modern symbol of medicine is two snakes wrapped around a pole, ready to eat the pineal gland on the top. And that's actually the symbol of commerce. That's what medical industry uses today as its symbol. Not the one snake, but the two snakes. And I actually think that we're headed for a, a direct showdown where God's one snake of him and his capacity to heal is going to devour and destroy the other two snakes that do this kind of crap. I mean, when I learned that that, that the ashes, because I'm going like, why of all things are you gathering a handful of ashes and throwing them to the sky And with a little bit of research to realize, oh my gosh, this is human sacrifice ashes. They were into this back then. And we've been into it ever since. You just go like, oh my gosh, we think we're going to avoid this same stuff. This is being judged on the earth and it needs to be judged. This is where I end up calling for my executioner kill idolatry buddy friend going like, this is where the violence of, of going like this cannot continue.
0: No, it cannot.
1: It it has to stop. This is such an affront to life and reality. And we cannot turn a blind eye. You cannot pretend like you don't have um, some measure of accountability to do anything and everything you can to say this stops. And, and so it, this one was, this is to me, this was a real turning point. Because when, when Pharaoh at this point hardens his heart again, God now in the next one and the next two specifically hardens his heart. It's kind of like, guess what? You crossed a line here. And it's, it's, this, this one ain't okay. I mean, we, we, again, we, we learn in Jasher. That, like, Pharaoh at one point had some sort of wasting disease that was happening. So the way he goes about, you know, taking care of it is he, he takes the, the magicians, um, sacrifice 200 little baby Hebrew boys, and take their penises, and then they make it into some sort of healing balm, and he's healed. From the stupid adrenochrome kinds of debauchery, of the day, that was part and parcel with these little sorcerer magician guys. They were doing this back then, and
0: this has been part of the dark arts of medicine ever since. To bring it very specifically modern, you have a number of celebrities and and they have even been on Oprah saying that their revitalizing creams are built on the foreskins of babies. Yeah. And they're they're so. This is these practices have so deeply infected. Um, and I, I'm just going to highlight something and encourage people. I'll probably end up doing a show on it with a parental warning, seriously. But I do want to highlight something for some people to dig into, to have them look up sex magic, and put Osiris sex magic with it, just to explore and realize how corrupted our modern sexual practices are. In relation to what they were doing then.
1: Yeah, it it's it's not just immorality. No. People are doing this kind of stuff because of the belief that it releases supernatural power.
0: Right. But it's it's interesting because it it is a practice that they've mainstream many of these practices they've mainstreamed and they use it for ritual, but they've again by they they're getting complicit action by others that don't even know. So the,
1: the, the next judgment is um this stuff that, that goes after it's like God releases hail, and Moses is supposed to stretch forth his hand towards heaven, and this is kind of like a judgment against the sky gods. And there's Shu, Horus, Seth, Naper, Osiris, Nut. I mean, they got a whole list of this, these this pantheon of gods, and it's like they're they're the ones that are sort of like the protectors it's the god of storms the protector of crops the god of the grain crops you know it's like osiris is the ruler of life and all vegetation and the production and and it's like they have all this weird i mean the 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 most prominent one the sky goddess is her sensual body is arched over the entire earth just this naked little goddess and somehow she's the one that is you know about fertility and she's the one who protects them and her body's got stars on it and so this is very much a big profound element of what they worship and god basically says you know i he he, he releases hail thunder hail massive size hail and in a place of the desert where they only get 2 inches of rain please explain how you get massive size hail the hail comes down and destroys everything and then it turns to fire. I don't exactly understand what those hail, I mean, I don't know hail that turns to fire, but you're just going like, this is a supernatural display that you have no explanation for other than the God who is in charge of everything can make something behave as if it defies the natural order. That, that's, that's what's happening here.
0: They didn't have harp when they were there,
1: around there, did they? <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. I mean that that that's later. That that might be the magicians trying to match this or something like that. But you just go like, what's what what's also so amazing is in in devastating this. It's like here you've already lost the fish. You had the play against the livestock. All the animals in the field, they were warned. I mean, God actually was kind of gracious and showed them some measure of mercy in this one. He said, you know what? This is what I'm gonna do. Believe me, don't believe me. If you believe me, move your move your animal, wh- whatever's remaining left under you know, the shelter because if they're out in the field, they're gonna die. And, and and they did not, they didn't do that and the animals get totally shred and all the herbs and the trees are also utterly destroyed. And what's so amazing about this one is that the the, the what specifically is the flax is destroyed. And this is what they would sort of pride themselves in clothing themselves. This is where they get all their linen. And it's like now he's removed their ability to kind of just their culture was. I mean, you talk about the beginning of the fashion industry. Egypt would have been the center of the fashion industry. And it's being utterly destroyed. They can't even they can no longer feed themselves after this. And they now can no longer clothe themselves. So I want to
0: just touch on something you said as I made that jest about harp. But I think it's very important. And you said that unless this is the magicians, it is. And this is what we're missing. Science is the cover for the modern magicians. Yes. And what we're... And the quote by Arthur C. Clarke comes relevant here. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And so we've arrived in a technological world where the magicians are the creators of the technology. We call them engineers, scientists, whatever. But it is still magic. They're trying the mysteries of why do we suddenly have rain or why do we suddenly have extreme drought? And it's it's all called global warming. They're they're engineering these crises in magic. And it's literally, there is their magic that we are accepting, and we're seeing it as an earthly, godly act when it is, in fact, them. And indirectly, we're worshiping them.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- we would attribute these 500-year weather events as though somehow, oh, this is Mother Nature. Like, no, it's not. This is being manufactured and engineered. This is man playing God. And look at the devastation that it's, that it's, it's, it's wreaking. The, the great news is God is not going to sit by and say, oh, that's fine. It's like, no, at some point, these guys are going to get shred for what they've done. And they will be held to account by a God of justice in heaven. And if they persist in what they're doing, they become the focal point of his wrath. We're not there. And I think right now, it's like my, my encouragement to everybody is what's going on right now is an invitation for you to make a beeline to live in Goshen. Go draw near to the living God because systems are being exposed and shred and revealed for what they are. And we should stop worshiping. This is a, a glorious invitation to deep repentance and dwelling in a place where it's like, God, I'm I'm letting you be my, my focal point. And I'm reporting for duty, sir. And, and as, as you do that, you're not going to experience the same devastation as everything else that is being judged. And, you know, while we may experience the difficulty that comes on a nation, it's like, I'm not immune to that. The reality is God will provide a way forward. But everything that we've trusted in and the way in which we run our economy, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a glorious reason. And, and, and at some point, we should expose the whole history behind in God we trust being placed on our money because it's an incredible story. And it, it really has a ton to, to speak to us. And it was it was super it was super important and very intentional and very godly by the suggestion of the guy that it came, but it really is a function of right now. I think way too many people are worshiping mammon as opposed to the living God, and God's allowing that realm to be shred.
0: Oh, I fully agree.
1: And if I'm if I'm in, if I'm tied to it, your house will be shaken. And I don't. I'm not really praying for that to stop. I'm going like, God, if that's the only way we're going to get free and delivered from this beast system, I don't really want to keep living in the beast system that keeps sacrificing people. You know, I, I you know, it's like it's enough's enough. So this next this next judgment, it's like if if that wasn't destructive enough. Now they whistle for the locust to come out of the sky and it comes and it turns the whole world dark. That's a lot of locusts. And so they devour every last little thing that's left. If you weren't fully destroyed in what was going on, now the locusts come and they eat and devour everything that remains. And you're just going like, I don't know how, I don't know how your Egyptian people, Go through this and are brought to that level of total devastation and ruin. It's like the the it the, covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened, and it's not as if locust is not something that they didn't have to deal with in different parts of that world. It's like Africa has them, and Middle East has them, and 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 they're massive and they're devastating. But this was coming at the hand and the command of the Lord. And and I just go like, whoa! This is this is touching everything. There's a whole bunch of gods that it just sort of addresses, and and you're just going like, every last thing that they worshipped, every area of life between these first eight judgments,
0: has been covered. See, I think this is what is so important for people to grasp, and it goes back to my rather vicious assault constantly on idolatries every time I find them. You know, I have this thing I say to, it's basically build a plan in your life of what you need if you're given two minutes to run. And I I use rough times for two minutes to go, 10 minutes to go, 30 minutes to go and an hour to go. And what you learn in that process is what you're, what you're really attached to and what first comes to mind. And I will guarantee you very few, the first thing that comes to mind is let me take my Bible. Yeah, it's usually and, and this is sad, but this is a truth. I mean, and because I even find myself doing it and, and that's what is sad about it. We're going to think about, OK, a, a silver coin, gold coin, medical gun, some knife, something like this. And it's like your first weapon in your hand, your first tool in life should be your scriptures and that should be what you're putting in first. But nonetheless, because in that third, if you have two minutes to go, grab your Bible and walk. That's it. That's all you're gonna need, right? Everything else there is luxury that God's allowing you provision to take a little bit more. So, <laughs> if if we go through these processes, we start to realize how little we need. Now, you know my story well that we, you know in August of 2017, when I suffered, when I went through that process, I want to say suffering because it wasn't. It was God breaking me, and I and I am so blessed with that experience because. I've said this before, but I kind of want to underline this. It's hard to describe when you are left literally with, you, you literally have a couple pair of pants, some shoes, a couple of shirts, a laptop. I mean, I mean that's basically you're, you're left with a few items and everything else in various forms has been lost and destroyed and your your finances drained to where you're literally at the bottom of bottom. When you're there, you realize. When you finally realize it, how much more you have than you ever thought possible. But we surround ourselves with so many things that we're very much trapped in this prison of invisible idolatries, and these are these are dangerous. And in the in the, as you're walking through these plagues, what's amazing is the way you're framing this. I just love the way you you put this all together is it is, as you've said, it is shredding these worships. There is nothing left. And when you get down now, and we're we're heading now into the last two, (laughs) you're going to have, it looks like he's going to give Egypt a time to reflect. Well, Patriots, that's the end of part three, and part four will air tonight. In lieu of Fishers of Men will be another Bards FM special edition. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these times that we come together and the blessings that we have in sharing the gospel and looking deep within the word. Father, we pray very deeply right now that people will continue to seek that deep and intimate relationship with you, starting to realize just how important it is to step past our daily routines, our obsessions with things, our beliefs that somehow that religion or worship is something that we do occasionally, but rather develop that intimacy and the constant conversation through you with the understanding of that through you, we can overcome all things and that through you, all things are provided. Guide us in this times, Father, bless us. And we say these things in Christ's holy name. Amen. Patriots, I just tell you that, you know, dealing with looking at these plagues and then dealing with the modern day in the, in the satanic and demonic worlds, we have been lured into one of the greatest traps one can possibly imagine because we're being convinced and have been convinced by the pulpit that has been corrupted and by the devil himself, who's convinced people that one, he's he doesn't exist or he has no power and two that our role in faith, is simply to wait for Jesus to return. All of those are lies. Because on the backside of that, on the dark side, working aggressively, is a global network of cultists that all seek back much to the time of Egypt, with blood ritual sacrifices going on all the time, including this month is one of the highest, with hundreds of thousands of blood rat sacrifices going on in Sawain. And you're not hearing any of that from the pulpit. This is a time when there's truly dark demons roaming and they're being brought on and empowered by cults and they're doing the same types of things that they did in the times of Egypt. And we as God's children are sitting passively by not knowing is not an excuse. And once you know doubly down, you have to be active. So these This series here, this four-part series, is to really lay the ground to understand what the plagues were doing and what they were revealing, and to apply that now to understand that the worlds are not so different. So in part four, we'll get to the final two, and we'll get to really get a full picture on what God accomplished and what he was really striking at with the 10 plagues. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight. For Fishers of Men which will be a Bards FM special edition until then, or until the next time, God bless and out for now.
2: We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of Liberty.